listening to itch my name is casey my name is dan and i'm aaron and today we're scratching the itch to talk about fests again but this time it's ones that we actually got to go to yeah we did an episode a couple months back about ones we were excited about and this kind of acts as a sequel sort of a follow-up because um they're real and they're happening and now we can verify that that is true yeah, but first we did want to start off by just giving attention to our friends in Nonpoint and uh, just offering any kind of help that we can possibly do just to help them through the situation they're dealing with. For those of you that don't know, about a week or two ago, Nonpoint had a accident with their trailer that carried all their equipment. The trailer came off the hitch and crashed, and they lost about $80,000 worth of equipment. Um, so yeah, they're definitely asking for as much help as possible just to kind of get back up and on their feet and back on the road again uh, in the meantime, because everything is run by them. They're on their own. You know, it was a big kind of leap of faith and, you know, these types of things are unpredictable. So they could definitely use any help from any fans or any support that you guys can get. Uh, it's on their social media websites. I actually have a video of just what they've been going through because right at the same time that they had this accident, Rob was dealing with COVID and now Elias has COVID. So the band's just been going through a lot. It has not been an easy trip getting back out on the road for them as much as they wanted to do it. They said they, you know, they don't regret the decision, but this time it's, you know, it's not looking like it's going to go far. Like they're kind of, they've had to cancel a whole bunch of shows recently. Right. And you can go back to our episodes. We had a two part interview with Rob and Jason from Nonpoint earlier this year as episodes 54 and 55 that talks about how they got where they are now and how excited they were about getting back on the road. And, uh, you know, they got a few shows in and by all accounts, they seemed like they were having a blast and it was going great. And then this happened. So there is both a GoFundMe put together by some of their fans, as well as a, uh, they're calling it the blackout tour, a t-shirt that they're selling that represents what they're, what they're referring to as the blackout portion of the tour where they, you know, were interrupted. And I really feel for itch friend, Jason, because I mean, the it's just shitty luck, man. I feel for yeah. you, brother. Like, yeah. you know, you're getting out there, you're getting the, 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 the taste and the joy of being a rock star. And then all this shit happens. And, and I feel for you, man. Um, but hopefully you guys get back on your feet and get back to doing what you love as soon as possible. And, you know, because I know the fans are loving it They're in, and they've, by the way, nonpoint fans are amazing. And I think it's because of how interactive nonpoint is with their fans, but uh, they actually set up a GoFundMe account through the, uh, the 361 group fan group. Uh, it's, it, they, they're really awesome fans and, and I appreciate uh, all their support for the band. And even though I'm, you know, I'm not the band obviously, but, uh, it's just been really awesome what they've done so far. Unprompted, too, just out of their own hearts. This is just another real test for this band as they're out here. Like we said, they're going fully independent. Everything is on them to to make their own livings and whatnot. And I'm sure that they didn't particularly factor something like this happening, although I'm sure they anticipated, you know, accidents and COVID do happen. But you still don't plan that yeah. into your schedule, per se. So, well, and you know, you have insurance and things like that, but you know, these guys, you, you, they're always, they're buying like the best, the best equipment, you know, insurance yeah. is going to be like, Oh, I don't think that guitar was worth as much as you say it was. And it's just, it's a haggle. That's what, that's what insurance is there for. They're, they're there to try to make sure they're not losing money on the situation. And, right. And the band just needs to play. They're just wanting like, Hey, just give us our equipment back. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. So it, it sucks. Yeah. And that's why they're asking for help because you know, God only knows how long it might take to get, the funds back from insurance and stuff like that. And they, they want to get back on the road. They want to play for their fans. Yeah. They had a lot scheduled and, and so we'll be, you know, rooting for them to get to perform as much of it as possible. That was originally planned. Yes. So do all you can. Like I said, you can check out their Facebook page, their uh, Twitter. I'm sure has a link to it. We'll I have links sure. in our, yeah, yeah, in our notes. Exactly. Yeah. Just crazy stuff happening out there on the road. You know, bands are trying to get back into the swing of things and and just get, you know, that that feeling that everybody has missed for so long. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, so we got to Point Fest and the first band that we got to see. OK, the first band we got to see that I'm going to choose to acknowledge was <laughs> was Bad Flower. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to lie, like 
they started their set off with a couple new songs, but they played Jester very early in their set list. And that's one of my favorite Bad Flower songs. And, and nobody yeah. could see it because I had sunglasses on. But I kind of had a tear in my eye. Like I, <laughs> I, I literally got really emotional and shit when I heard that song because it was just I mean, it's been two fucking years now since we've yep. seen a concert. And so it was just it was just amazing to be back hearing live music and then like hearing, you know, favorite songs or songs that you hadn't seen live again. And that was the thing is like I hadn't seen that song. I've been a huge fan of them during this whole pandemic because well, to be fair, they're kind of a depressing band and this has been a really depressing time. <laughs> so yes, yeah. they've really helped. Right. Well, and they were high on our list when their when their okay, I'm sick album came out. Yes. And now they're hyping up their, their next album. You might be hearing us talk more about bad flower in the near future, just as yes. a potential spoiler preview. Yes. <laughs> but I was very interested in seeing them live because we hadn't. And I was curious how they would sound live versus on their album. Like, are they are they more of a produced band versus a live band? And I'll be honest, they they impressed me more than I was anticipating. Yeah, they were they were fantastic. Now I will say, they did have a lot more production behind them than I was anticipating. Yeah, you know, he still sounded great. They play great as a band. But there was just a lot of their sounds and stuff that I, I wasn't expecting. Like there was no DJ on stage. There was no like keyboardist. There was all like, I don't know, I guess background tape or something. Well, and a lot of that, I think, too, is I don't know if that was one of the first shows that they've played, but it's, yeah. it seemed like it was because a couple of times he said, all right, that's the first time we ever played that song live in front of people. <laughs> and, uh, so, so it was kind of like, all right. <laughs> That's that's kind of interesting. So they they played quite a few songs off of their new album. So uh, yeah. that was that was interesting. Well, and it, you know the thing that I, I want to make sure that I acknowledge is that he had you can tell for one they were just getting out on 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 tour, but he had a earpiece. Neither one of his earpieces were staying in his ears, his his monitors, and so he was still like singing without the the monitors in his ear or like he would constantly mess with it and he still sounded great they still were amazing even though he had technical issues because he complained about it every damn song it was yeah. hilarious. he's like ah these fucking ear monitors <laughs> yeah and so it was it was it was a great set I, I was thoroughly thoroughly uh impressed by bad flower i was really happy that we finally got to see them and and like i said they were the first band that i acknowledge that we saw because we actually saw greek fire first but Fuck Greek Fire, they are terrible. Right? <laughs> fucking awful. Well, okay then. They're just oh, he's just emo and he, uh, he just gets out in the the crowd. Everybody's like, uh, just he's like, oh, I want to be out there with you all. That was your Josh Todd voice. It was. No, that, that was, was, that was Casey's voice. That was Casey's yeah. Josh Todd voice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not that's not mine. Want to come out there? Yeah, that's, that's, that's my Paul Stanley impression. Hey, Paul too. Stanley impression. Yeah. <laughs> your, your Paul Stanley is his. Josh Todd is yeah. also your, your is also your moon. It's yeah. all yes. it's all, it's the, all, same all, all the same voice. Yeah, yeah, no. But he he went on and on and on, and they went about twenty minutes too long. So then yeah. that screwed up the whole show. The whole show. <laughs> like awesome. <laughs> like they're so damn important that they fucked up the entire night of everybody's set list and shortened grandson's set list by about 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Jerks. But th that was the cool part about Bad Flower is so on one of their last songs or uh, was it? Their it was last on heroin. Yeah. No, it they they played song. heroin and all of a sudden grandson comes out on stage and started singing the, the verses and, and, <laughs> Lead singer Badflyer is like I'm. I'm living the dream right now. Yeah, this is my. This is one of my my most favorite artists artists out there. Time. He said, "This is my favorite artist of all time. I'm living the dream right now. Playing with them on stage of all time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. <laughs> Even though he's like my same age." <laughs> and so, like, you can just see that the camaraderie that they already have, and it was just. It was just awesome. It was it was great seeing grandson out there because like you could tell, like like you said, I don't think that they had done this. I don't think that they had rehearsed it because grandson didn't really like add any parts. He was just singing, you know, the lyrics to or the chorus yeah. to heroin with bad flower. 
it was so awesome to see him out on stage and dance around and, and just getting into it with, with the band. And he, he fit in well on that particular song for sure. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was incredible. Like that was definitely one of the highlights of the entire night. So yeah, that was like at like six thirty or so when we saw bad flowers. So they got over at like seven and, Meanwhile, Aaron was having a great grand old time <laughs> that same day, from what I understand. Yeah, so um, I I managed to sort of impromptu score myself a free ticket to the final day of Riot Fest in Chicago, which is it's Chicago's annual like alternative festival. Um, they really focus a lot on kind of punk and some heavier stuff and a little bit of hip hop. And so I I went there a few years ago and I had a blast. I know I didn't have three full days of energy in me. <laughs> But I knew I wanted to go see a few bands, especially if I could do it for cheap or free. So I did. And I showed up early because one of my very favorite bands that I'm quite ride or die for was playing early on in the day. And my experience was very similar to what Dan was just talking about at sort of just having that emotion (laughs) hit you after all this time. So I went to see this band called Mother Mother, and I actually got there about halfway through their set. They put on a fantastic set. I've seen them before, and they had a new album called uh, Inside come out a couple months ago. That's great. They bring something very different to Riot because, well, for one, they were probably booked because of TikTok <laughs> because they've become sort of a TikTok viral sensation now due to some of their older tracks because you never know what's going to you know, trend yeah. or go viral on the Internet. It's all very unpredictable. They've got sort of a surge in popularity amongst the younger crowd, as it were, Um, and some cred amongst the older crowd because they've been around for 12 or 13 years. Anyway, they put on a great set. It's just there's so much energy in their vocals. They have three vocalists that play off of each other and harmonize so well. I'm just sitting there with this stupidest grin on my face for (laughs) the entirety of, of what I saw of their set, because it was just like, it's been way too long since I saw somebody live. Even I'm sitting here on a dusty baseball field in like 90 degree heat with a bunch of strangers. Like, I don't I don't care. Like, this is cool. It was beautiful. They played songs from their from their new album. They played probably their most popular one. I don't know. They were never that much of a radio play band per se, but they have a song called Hayloft that is the big crowd pleaser, which is um, a song about uh, a young lady warning her beau out in the barn that her father is coming and that he has a gun (laughs) and that he should probably leave because it's about to get messy in there. (laughs) So yeah, I highly recommend mother mother and, and Hayloft is a great way to start. It's super catchy. And that was about the best way I could imagine getting back into seeing live music again after a couple of years. Yeah. So point fest typically over the years, last couple of years, they have two side stages back to back and then they can, tear down the one band while they're setting up the other. And it, it makes for a good atmosphere because you're you're on the side parking lot and you can just kind of, you can eat. What we typically do is we stand directly in the center of both uh, stages and then we don't have to really move and we can just kind of <laughs> look to the left and see the one band and look to the right and see the other band and it works perfectly because other people scramble like, like chickens and... <laughs> trying to go from one side front to the other side front but yeah so this year they didn't do that they they i I think because of covid they're trying to disperse people as as much as possible so typically what would happen is you'd have the side stages for the first couple hours and then like at six o'clock on it would be the main stage and then that's you wouldn't have to move but this time they just went back and forth and back and forth all night long. And that was a little bit of annoying. It was super annoying. <laughs> Did the performances have like a slight overlap in time? Very well, after minimal. Like the delay, thanks to, uh, you know, the jerks and Greek fire. Yes. Yeah. There was an overlap because they're they basically delayed the entire show. That's usually how those things go is that they stagger performances and you kind of have to pick who yeah. you want to see when and make your own lineup out of the overall lineup. Typically. Also, remind me not to tag Greek fire in this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure he's a great guy. He's, I, I don't know him. We, yeah. we, uh, we always throw uh shade at him, but I, I'm sure he's a great guy. I've not like, you know, no, no hate towards moon, just shade. That's all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you ruined the night there, buddy. Yeah, you fucked it all up, man. It's all on you. No. Uh, 
but you know, I will say that it seems that every time I've been to a point fest where they have alternating stages where they force people to go front, back, front, back of the venue, every single time it gets delayed every time. Cause I know we've talked about it in past episodes that one of the reasons, one of the greatest point fests I've ever seen was when saliva was in the front stage while Weezer was playing yeah. the main stage. And like that wasn't supposed to happen mm. that way. It, it was they were supposed to play before Weezer took the stage. The whole idea behind having the front stage and the backstage is so that you can set the front stage up, vice versa. That you know while the backstage is being set up or the backstage is going and the front stage can get set up. But it's it doesn't work like that when it gets delayed because then you're doing both at the same time. You're either setting up one or you're taking it down or it's playing at the same time. And then that's the other thing is like so. Badflower just finished. We went over and saw zero nine thirty six, and he was great. But we couldn't stay for the whole set because I wasn't about to miss any of Seether, and Seether was about to take the main stage. And then as, as after Seether was over, well, actually it wasn't like we pretty much had to leave before Seether was done because I didn't want to miss any of Grandson. So it was yeah, like, right. It was and then like so Seether was still playing su- and so super super fucking loud when Grandson started, and it's like yeah. they're they're now competing sounds over a hill and, yeah and, yep. and between a hill and it was stupid <laughs> like that's terrible yeah what sucks is you're getting the concert experience that that these the, the like multi-day bigger festivals almost always have that's i mean I'll, I'll you finish zero but the very next thing i've got the next artist i saw a little bit of i had a very similar problem but and i've been to those types of festivals but the difference between those though is that they're so far spread out that you're mm-hmm. not going to take the time to walk all the way the hell over there yeah. and then all the way the hell over there to see a uh, see a band this this is not that type of a venue like it's just i mean don't get me wrong we still end up walking about uh, the whole night between from the car to the venue from the venue you know the front of the place to the back of the place the front of the place the back of the place and then all the way back to the car at the end of the night yeah it's probably worth noting to listeners that the festival I'm talking about occurred at a giant park and the festival that Dan and Casey are talking about occurred at an amphitheater. So there was much more limited space to move stuff around. Well, Cause the yeah. way that it's set up, let me try to describe it a little bit is that the amphitheater, yeah. the main amphitheater holds about 13,000 people. And then on this about, I think it's like the right side of it. There's a giant parking lot. And whenever they have the front stage set up, they usually set them up in the parking lot. Yeah. And so you have to walk all the way to the basically the front of the venue, which is all the way away from the stage. The stage is at the very back of the venue. Uh, and so when you get into the entrance, like if you go right, there's the front stage. But then to get to the main stage, you got to walk all the way around the the uh, walkways to the the main stage area. And it's this giant hill that holds about. I think 9,000 people or something like that. It's huge. The hill is giant. Yeah. yeah. But it still isn't all that much, you know, real estate to, to space stages out on. So you're definitely going to yes. have that, that bleed happening. And that's yeah. what that was at the Hollywood casino amphitheater. That's what it called nowadays. Yes. I don't know what the yes. hell they're calling it. It's yeah. been called so many damn things in the, in its existence. And now it doesn't hurt or help that there's like St. Louis music park right next to the damn thing, yeah. which is a smaller version of, Riverport, like Riverport, it's, it's yeah. so confusing. There's so many. Oh my god, I'm, I'm really excited to go to the St. Louis Music Park soon. But from everything that I've seen, all the pictures, it's just like a smaller version of uh the casino amphitheater, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, 0936 was great, but because of the circumstances, we didn't really get to see a lot of his set. We saw about four or five songs, they sounded great live. Um, because I, I did, I've heard a couple of their songs, um, because I'm going to see them at Shiprocked. And I, I I was really impressed because like, you know, sometimes that rap rock sound doesn't really translate very well live, but he, he did a great job. The band was great, too. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a fantastic job. And it was it was interesting because we were trying to determine the uh, the equipment that he was using because it almost looked like a turntable. But it was it was a, a souped up like little mixer thing. Uh, huh. I don't know. Yeah, because he was playing that while playing guitar at the same time, which was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like I was like, is that dude spinning the turntable and playing guitar? Like, well, he's doing it like that's that's just insane. Yeah. But it was like some kind of mixer. I don't really know what exactly it was, but yeah, I don't either, still but... impressive regardless. Yeah. I love some visually impressive shows like that. That's really cool. The most impressive thing I think I've ever seen by and far was um Black Tide. Yeah, the drummer for Black Tide. There's a part in one of their songs, "Light from Above," where at the beginning of it, 
there's a keyboard and the dude was playing keyboard with his left hand and drumming with his right hand and his feet at the <laughs> same time, two different beats. Obviously the keyboard was a completely different thing. And like that to me was one of the craziest, yeah. most talented things I've ever seen to this day. Shout out to black tide. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing anymore. Rip, unfortunately. Rip black tide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> RIP Black Tide. RIP Black Tide. <laughs> uh, still impressive, but yes. You were great. Yeah, no, you were great while you lasted. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of those sort of stage issues and placement and whatnot, uh, Riot Fest has five stages, I believe. It's huge. <laughs> There's space mm-hmm. over the just enormous park. It's a heck of a lot of walking if you don't choose your path wisely. <laughs> so, after Mother Mother was the point in the show where I'm like, Okay, there's two artists I'm vaguely interested in that I've heard hype about, but I don't really know. And one of them was this mm. guy named Kenny Hoopla. <laughs> and he is um, like an indie rock rapper, sort of. Or like there's there's some sort of like pop punk in there. He's a very interesting guy and very energetic. And um, he's got a, a song that I recommend called How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway, which <laughs> is, is pretty deep right there just and to start long <laughs> yeah it's like the well, longest song name ever needs to get uh teamed up with rap zombie <laughs> and so yeah but his song titles make sense yes. and so <laughs> there's a point to his song titles so all that to say so this dude he for one he had a dj that spent way too long warming the crowd up playing like the killers and crap and then kenny comes out and it's just the two of them and so he he is a whirlwind of energy he is literally spinning around back and forth on stage for the first song or two to his credit trying to hype up the crowd the biggest problem for him was and i i say this with a reservation because one of the other artists i'm going to talk about played the same stage and didn't seem to cost him quite as much but there was one stage at, at riot that is in a particularly bad position because the way it's set up is if you stand to sort of like the left of it you're standing on this like weird plastic flooring panels that was thrown down instead of just the grass. The reason that stuff is there is because it's leading you right into the concessions area, massive food court. And so you have like half the people who are watching the show are really just sitting there eating, not really watching the show. And so it's kind of awkward and goofy. And if you stand on the right side of the stage, there's an enormous amount of audio bleed coming in from other bigger stages right around the corner. And so if you were an unfortunate act that got booked on the radical stage at Riot, you you had a lot to overcome in terms of having a good set. To Kenny Hoopla's credit, like I said, he seems like an energetic dude that has something meaningful to say. I, I listened to a few tracks. It didn't catch me that firmly, and I wasn't that familiar with him. So I didn't feel that inclined to stay. So I was like, I'm going to go check out the other artist. There's this, like, it's not, this is weird. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's not really for me right now. I'm also already getting tired because I'm out of shape and I need to sit somewhere for a bit. <laughs> so I, I did that for a minute and then I went over and checked out a, another artist. But so, but shout out to him because he's a dude who I think is on his way up as a performer. And I think we'll be hearing more from him, probably a lot like Zero. So it's kind of nice that we can kind of juxtapose those two against each other because I think they're in the same, the same realm in that regard. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, so that was my my sort of second artist of the day. So you you said you were near a food court, so and people were eating. That must have been nice. Um, <laughs> was, <laughs> there was, was tons of food. Was, yeah. So was there like extremely long lines? Like just it's very was it, busy. Was over it there, accessible? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Wow, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> that's, what's that like? I mean, the prices for your beers and stuff are going to be pretty wild, yeah, but that wasn't a yeah. problem but, for me. Hey, so. At least you get service, man. The yeah. last fucking four times I've been at uh, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, I can't get service through the concessions for shit. In <laughs> fact, one of the last times I was there, <laughs> I literally waited the entire set to get a fucking beer. Of the used. Yeah, which I didn't care. Didn't like care, that's why but... I was there because it was the used. Like who gives a shit? They suck live. But we, we have uh, a we have a shortcut from like six months yes. ago of the story that we will <laughs> yeah. one day make public for listeners. Yes. yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's and I I it took me for that time alone, like their entire set. So I was in line for an hour. This mm-hmm. time we started standing in line and like I, I'm like I'm not doing this. Like I'm not fucking and I'm starving. I hadn't eaten since like noon or some shit and it's yeah. like eight o'clock because it was right before a seether right after i don't know remember and you've been out in the heat all day yeah 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 i wanted some food they're like ah, no no you're gonna have to try our mobile ordering 
<laughs> Scan this QR code. Fuck you, Live Nation. Like, seriously. <laughs> That's always been a surprisingly difficult thing uh, for, for the amphitheater. Like, Riot, like, it's expensive, but they have ample food, ample drinks, ample porta potties. You know, porta potties are what they are at a festival, but still, they're there. They, <laughs> the amphitheater refuses to hire people to do mm. their concession stands. They've yeah, it's, always it's all, done that. Yeah, it's all it's volunteer. all voluntary for like fundraiser bullshit. Which it's usually it's, for for like kids baseball and softball uh, yeah. teams and stuff. Look at how like concessions run at Bush Stadium. They don't have issues because those people are trained. They're paid to do that job, right? Yeah. Like, they don't do that at the amphitheater. They it, they take volunteers or parents and stuff, and it's just it's a shit show every every concert. I can't stand <laughs> that place because of it. However, you did get to go see a band that I know you guys are quite familiar with. That had to make you feel a little better. When I wasn't starving, I did get to see Seether. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting watching them because I was curious how many songs they'd play off the new album, and they didn't play near as many as I was expecting, which is hmm. okay. I was okay with that. I mean, did they play the one with all the bombs? No, no, they didn't. <laughs> no. And that was the thing. It's like, I was just really surprised by their set list. They had a strange set list where it played a lot of their older stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they started the set list with gasoline. Yes. And then like one of the earlier songs was fine again. They played a yeah. lot of stuff off their early albums. Every time they play fine again, I instantly think of mad in 2003. Yep. Oh boy. Every yeah. time. Every time I hear that song. Do they do their Careless Whisper cover live in concert? Or is that just a... Sometimes they do. Sometimes. I've seen it play, played live. They did not do it this okay. time. Yeah. Do they do the country song in concert? Yes, they did. all the time. Okay, all the time. All the time. As they should. One thing I really kind of enjoyed about Cedar this time is that they, for the first time since I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, because you probably have a better memory about the stuff than I, because most of the time I've been drinking, but... Uh, <laughs> So, like, they did a lot of uh, segues, like a lot of intro, like yeah. musical segues into huh. into their songs. And there was no break. Yeah. Yeah. And they switched up a lot of the music, too. Like, for instance, Country Song had, like, kind of a different segue into the chorus than it yeah. normally did. They they were just. Yes. I liked it because it wasn't your your same old Seether set. And, right. and we'll get more into that because like that's yeah. the complete fucking opposite from what we saw from the headliner. Yeah. <laughs> but this set I really liked because they were, you know, they did play a lot of their old stuff. It wasn't, you know, I was looking forward to seeing some of the new stuff, but uh, in which they did play some of it, but it, it was just a, kind of a, them getting back into the swing of things concert is really how I took it. Yeah. Forgive me if, if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they only played three of the new tracks. I'm pretty sure they played Dangerous, Blues and Bloodied, and Wasteland. Yep. And I think that was it. Yep. Yeah, I was wanting to hear Beg live because I wanted yes. to hear him scream the motherfucker over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, so see, there was great, though. I definitely was uh, glad to see them again live. They, they were they were great. And I, I think they were... Other than uh, Bad Flower is probably my favorite. See, their uh, Man, see, their grandson, they killed it, though. I would I would agree with that statement. All right. So someone who I think quarantine was kind to <laughs> was the person that I left Kenny Hoopla set midway through to go see. Because I'm like, you know what? I can check out both of these people. And that is a woman named Kay Flay. I don't know if you've heard that yep. name at all. Yep. yep. You probably should be a little familiar because she actually has a song with Grandson and ex-ambassadors that came out last year called Zen. Yes. Which here was this is the first of multiple of more than one time during the night where I thought that there was a weird like synergy between what we were both doing because she plays this song Zen in her show. And she, before she says it, she says, you know, a while back I recorded this song with ex ambassadors and and grandson. Unfortunately, you know, they can't be here today, but I'm still going to give this song a shot. Meanwhile, probably at like an hour later, you guys were seeing grandson at at the same like thing. So I just thought that was kind of cool that she actually just mentioned him specifically by name. So she, and I would say a very different sounding sense is also sort of a rapper. And I would maybe say yes. an indie rock. I guess they call it alternative hip hop is a good way to put it. Yeah. And she, she's been on grandson tracks as well as Morello, Tom Morello and Shinoda. Yeah. She had an EP come out, included a track with Morello. That's, that's really good. She also put out an EP last year. That was a lot of fun. It was three songs. It was called don't judge a song by its cover. 
It was her doing the offspring self self esteem, Green Day's brain stew, and Limp Biscuit's break stuff. Wow. <laughs> so we sneak Limp Biscuit into another episode with that. And <laughs> and it was a funny piece. She has an incredible amount of stage presence, and so did her drummer, who was a woman with a mohawk who knew how to destroy a drum set. Nice. So that was that was a very worthwhile set to see. If you're not familiar with her, I'll also, in addition to what we just mentioned, her probably biggest song is called Blood in the Cut. But she has a couple others that you may or may not be aware of. There's one called High Enough that she played that was really good. And she kind of sent that one out to the fans. It's the idea that, you know, there's substances and whatnot that can give you a certain feeling. But for her in that moment, all it took was, you know, the energy of being out there with all the people and the fans and the human connection. It was a fantastic live set. That was one of those rare times where I went into something not knowing much about the performer and came out a bigger fan because usually I like to see the bands I already know something about. Mm -hmm. But she was the most appealing curiosity of the time slot. And that paid off really well. So, so major shout outs to K-Flay. She put on a really quality performance, very big beats. Like I said, a lot of energy. She was a very commanding of the stage. And so I would totally see her again if she were, you know, part of another fest or something. Yeah, that's, that's surprising to hear. I didn't know that. I always thought that she was a kind of a more of a pop artist, but yeah, she has crossover appeal, but her sound, especially live is pretty heavy. Cool. That's what I was getting ready to say. It kind of seems like the the lines are becoming a little blurred between pop and rock mm-hmm. nowadays, uh, which, you know, the next artist that we saw right around that same time. <laughs> we bolted after Seether's set to uh, not miss a second of Grandson. We succeeded. Yes. <laughs> those two, I'd say, actually have almost, I would say those two have very comparable sounds and styles that maybe, you know, He's the, he's the guy version and she's the girl version of the same kind of art. <laughs> yeah. Like it pretty much. <laughs> Grandson was amazing. And uh, even though there was tons of people, I didn't want to get up in the crowd because that's where they were in like the parking lot. And that's normally where you, you just kind of like force your way. And like Casey said, we kind of like to get in the middle. I, I didn't want to do that. I wasn't about to be near people. Yeah. So we kind of sat back on the backside of the hill, which is not that comfortable because it's really steep. And your butt falls asleep real quick uh, at that angle. At least mine does. I don't know. Um, and so your butt's not that interested in the show. Yeah, no, no, it, 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 it does, depending on on how you sit. Yeah. So, yeah, we sat there. We watched Grandson put on a great show. I, I just I love what he's always he's always got great things to say. And it, that's why it was so disappointing that Greek fire went on forever, because that means that I got less of grandson antics. And I would have loved to see him just go on and on and on. Grandson was, went on a couple of his his typical uh, mid song rants that he tends to go on. And, oh, boy. Uh, it was <laughs> it was it was nice to see, but it, it was it was interesting for sure. It was really funny to see the reactions from the crowd because one of the things that he he stopped and he said, "I'm a proud, vaccinated, uh, democratic, uh, Black Lives Matter believing," and he just went on this huge rant about all these things like that he cares and, about. Yeah, that he cares about, and everybody's like, "Uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh. you're in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We're not sure we can get on board with all of these things." <laughs> yeah, it, it was so. It was just really funny because, like, you know, we're in the back on the on the lawn cheering up a storm because that yeah, was yeah, everything. Yeah. Like everything he said, like hell yeah, that's that's us too. But uh, you can't hear us. We're way the fuck back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they put on a. A great show and uh, <laughs> all five songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, he brought the energy for every song. That's for yeah. sure. And yeah, I love I love watching Stick Up because his guitarist every time plays basically the entire song behind his head. He he plays the guitar and and lifts it up behind his head and plays the whole thing behind his head and and dances around the whole stage it's it's nuts <laughs> during <laughs> one of the songs he got in the crowd and crowd surfed and yeah. he just posted on facebook today hey st louis did someone grab my butt <laughs> <laughs> oh man you are you guys i don't know how well you're setting up the next band i'm going to talk about but keep going this is this is all <laughs> feels so familiar <laughs> So yeah, it, it, it was it was great. It was a great show, a great crowd reaction, and uh, I think he earned a lot more fans. 
Okay, so I, I'm really appreciating how well these transitions are going and flowing into each other because um, <laughs> the artist I was gonna, I'm going to talk about next, it was an incredibly similar experience to what you guys were just talking about. But before I do them, I want to take a quick moment to comment on Body Count, which I saw, well, I didn't see, but I heard a few minutes of as I was walking over to the other ser- show. Body Count is the, the metal band fronted by Ice-T, yeah. famous you know, actor named after beverage, uh, <laughs> actor and rapper and metal guy named after a beverage. Anyway. Right. So I just, I just want to know. So he, he's obviously another guy who has quite similar, I think, political leanings to, to grandson to which he made very evident by sharing what was a, something quite noteworthy. He, um, I don't know. You guys might not be familiar with Douglas park in Chicago, but Douglas Park is literally basically across the street from what Ice-T said was the only place in the country. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it's still notable where one can go to court, to jail and to prison all within about a block or two of each other. Their entire legal system is set like start to finish. I've seen small (laughs) towns where the the elementary school, the middle school and the high school are next to each other in a row. Mm-hmm. That's how the criminal justice system is right across the street from Douglas park in Chicago. And so I think that's like that in most cities, the it's downtown St. Louis, the third tallest building in the city is a jail. It very well may be. Like I said, I can't, I didn't fact check ice T's claim, but I thought it was worth noting. He had a very anti police stance, which I think is a little bit ironic and, I'm not going to say full on hypocritical, but it's definitely something that I'm not sure about, given that the man's been paid money for like a decade to play a cop on TV. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> All this to say, though, body count was freaking bleak and he just seemed kind of miserable. And so I was not excited about hearing him and kept move, moving on very quickly. Um, I moved on to somebody who I think had a better had a similar probably views about these things but I thought had a much more appealing angle on how they present them. And that was Fever 333. They put out an EP last year that we as a show loved. This was my first time getting to see them, obviously, because they're a fairly new artist and things have been happening lately. But they killed it out there. Yes. And and he he presented like his his things he was passionate about in what I thought was a very sensible way. He, he had multiple times kind of paused and talked about how he appreciated certain other artists for creating spaces for, you know, people who don't look like them to be in this like rock metal world. He did a, a whole, a whole song pretty much. That was just like a shout out to concerts and live shows being safer places for women than they used to be. It was some good stuff. Like a lot of what he was covered. I don't know a hundred percent, you know, if I agree with every level of intensity on, on his political spectrum, but I appreciated his thoughtfulness and their live show was just amazing. Like uh, it's a three person band led by their vocalist, a guy named Jason Allen Butler. And they were all, crazy high energy um the, the, the jason is not white i don't know exactly what his ethnic makeup is but i know it's it's not at least not entirely if if at all white his guitarist is also black and then the drummer was a white guy who, who jason kind of what why i say that is because jason kind of mentioned that like you know the drummer looks like the kind of guy you'd normally see in this scene whereas the other two don't and he welcomed them you know into that that world but dude within the first minute of the show Jason had already launched his mic stand as high in the air as I've ever seen a mic stand go and just let it crash back down to the ground. and was just running back and forth on the stage. Um, <laughs> they started with bite back and it was, it was amazing. And it was, they never lost the energy throughout really the entire set at some point or another at multiple points, I should say every single member of the band was leaping off of speakers or things along those lines. At one point, Jason climbs the rig up to like the top of the stage and he's like hanging on this thing and he sticks the microphone cable through one of the bars and it's hanging down in front of him. And he sings like a whole verse while like while hanging off of this thing. And for one, it looked really dangerous. So I'm like, if that dude slips, this is going to be bad. But it was cool as a performance. He climbs back down, but can't really get his mic to come back. Like the cable for the mic was enormously long, but he basically had like a pulley system going on with the microphone (laughs) hanging down from this thing. And so somebody brought him a second one, which he used for a while. 
And at some points he would just use the mic that was still technically <laughs> caught up there because it was just looped over the bar. And like I said, the cable was so long and he could just pull it all the way back down to the stage with him. <laughs> so they, like I said, they had, they had a lot of energy and a lot of passion and their songs sounded fantastic. They really are what I would consider the most appropriate, like heir apparent to the, the whole rage against the machine vibe. And at the end of the set, he did something that I've seen people do similar things, but not quite. So somewhere during the set, his shirt came off, all their shirts <laughs> came off and cause they're just sweaty, you know, but at the end of the set, his pants came off and he crowd. No, he, he somehow made his way through the crowd way to the back and crowd surfed back up to the front in just his boxer briefs. Right. To which when you said, did somebody grab my butt? I'm like, I know Jason Allen Butler just got all kinds of touched on right there during, <laughs> during that journey back up to the front of the stage. <laughs> but he had a great time. And even though they were playing what I, like I said, that, that stage that was not ideal, the, they had the crowd in the palm of their hands and, and I can't, that's, that's a show I recommend, but put them in K-Flay together. I think you got something. So that was a lot of political bands going on right at the same time. K-Flay and the Grandson, Body Count, Fever 333. Uh, and then you go from Grandson, the you know one of the smartest political people out there right now, to Shinedown, who has no political affiliation. I was going to say, I don't, and I don't say this offensively, but you go straight into corporate rock at its best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I'm not... That's the best way to describe that, too, corporate rock. <laughs> I don't mean to dump all over Shine Down. Yeah, before Uh-oh. we start this, let's just say this first. We've seen Shine Down probably eight times, seven, now. eight times, yeah. yeah, live. And so, I, I, when and I'll be, I'll be quite honest. When Shine Down was first a band, they first came around. I was not a fan. I actually didn't become a fan of this band until the Sound of Madness album came out. Um, and it was it was like they really just kind of beat me down, too, because I saw them so many times before the Sound of Madness came out that like by the time Sound of Madness came out and like they started playing it live, I was like, oh, OK, this band is pretty good. I, I do enjoy it. And I think that they've consistently gotten better since mm-hmm. that album. And, and like Attention Attention was has been my, one of my favorite albums of all time. And I was really looking forward to seeing that. Boy, did they disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me just put it this way. They're very much at this point, especially the last three times we've seen them now, they are shine down paint by numbers set. Like we saw the same set. They didn't differentiate between any of the things that they did the entire time with the exception of the last two times we saw them before this time they played 45 and in the middle of 45, they do the 20 minute version of simple man and then finish the end of 45, which is very annoying. (laughs) (laughs) And it lasts forever. It bores the hell out of the crowd. Yeah. It's, it's awful. They, they (laughs) didn't do that this time, which was a plus because as soon as they started playing 45, we were like, all right, peace out. We're, we're walking to the car, (laughs) but they very much, even even in his talking to the crowd, is also paint by numbers because he has the same spiel memorized and says the exact same things. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, like he's sitting there telling people to shake hands of the people left and right of you. And it's like, we're in a fucking pandemic, you idiot. Not <laughs> shake anybody's hands. We're not ready for this yet. Look to your <laughs> left. Now look to your right. Now shake that person's hand and then use hand sanitizer. <laughs> swing your partner around and around <laughs> yeah uh, yeah he he didn't go on as many complete rants as we've seen in past which was also a plus but yeah. he he's he went through the same three or four spiels that we've heard multiple times now and i was most disappointed by their set list you know shine shine one of those bands that they've got some great melodies they've got some great hard rock songs but 
their set list did not do a good job of balancing that out whatsoever. Like they just really went from like a heavy song to a low song to a heavy song to a low song mm. or to a melodic song. And it was just all night. Like I, I know all of us, all three, me, you and my wife were standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down throughout <laughs> their set because, you know, I'd get up. I'd, oh, you're going to play. You're going to play a bully. Hell yeah. I'll stand up. OK, now you're playing uh because yeah they, they did they would play bully and then like they followed up with with just something very you know a ballad not, or something. yeah just a ballad yeah. yeah and they did that the entire they night. did that the entire show that's such a momentum killer like you oh, can't was, really off yeah. yeah and i mean and they are they do have a good stage show and they have they have pyro and and certain things that they use and and they're they've gotten very professional as they've grown as a band but well, and I, I will say one of the coolest parts of the entire night was they, you know, I don't remember what song it was. I, I can't remember, but um, it was kind of another one of their ballad songs. And they asked everybody to shine a light out and or hold their cell phone lights up. And I got a great picture of it. Like the whole place was lit up. Uh, and that was that was really cool, in my opinion, just because, mm. I mean, everybody had their lights out. It was just really cool. And, and I mean, it, you didn't realize how many people were actually there until that moment. <laughs> Because then, like, everybody had their cell phone lights on. Yeah, that had to be, that has to feel cool again. I remember that kind of experience from previous Point Fests, and it feels a little bit different now after all this time. Yep. But, I mean, you know, they, they still were good. Their songs were good. I'll give them that. Um, and the way they ordered their set list allowed us to cut out early. So we appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks, Shine Down. I made it to the car before everybody else did and <laughs> didn't have to deal with the traffic. So. Yeah, I'm glad that you headlined and played the same shitty set that we've seen three times before. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Second Chance where the the phones. Yes, came out. that's it. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, the thing that I will say that was just a bummer is, I, I like I said, I was really looking forward to seeing Shine Down because I was a huge fan of Attention Attention. But I, like me and they ignored it. Yeah, they did. They, they hmm. for half the fucking set, they didn't play sh- like anything off of attention, attention. And then finally, halfway through the set, they finally played devil. And you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And you know what's funny about that? 90% of the T-shirts that I saw mm-hmm. of Shinedown are the attention, attention logo shirts. And the monster, my, the monster shirts, because yeah. I think this is called the monster tour or something like that. Yeah. Well, and here's what's even also crazy on top of that. The the band has been promoting attention, attention again yeah. in the last few months because they just released a film based on yeah, that the album. Film. Yep. So you would yep. think that they would really be all about, you know, the second wind that they have with that, that nope, album. They just slipped nope. that in at the end. Like they literally so just weird. said it right at the end. Like, oh, hey, and we got a movie. Peace, guys. Hey. We got a movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got okay, a movie. Bye. All right. Simple man. 20 minutes. Here's, <laughs> yeah. Here's somebody else's song. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. And so they start playing the end of their set and I'm standing there. I'm looking down at Dan and Hannah. I'm like, all right, should we, should we thinking about piecing out here? <laughs> and then, so they, they start playing simple man. And I'm like, I'm like, you ready? <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? Yeah. You want, you want to go? I'm like, yeah. So we, we get up and leave. Hannah goes to the bathroom, <laughs> finishes going to the bathroom, comes back, we walk halfway to the car <laughs> and there's, they just ended simple man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was crazy. Cause like we're, we're waiting. Uh, and like, I, they, they got to a point and it like sounded like they stopped. And I was like, Oh, they're playing the shorter version of this song for once. And he just continued. I was like, Oh, never mind. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> still going. So speaking of cutting out early, you guys left, you know, midway through the headliner set there. I left three hours into Riot Fest, which I might not have done if I hadn't the ticket hadn't been free because I might not have. I'm that kind of person that's like, I need to get my money's worth. But for multiple reasons, one, had I not had a sort of prior engagement, I might have come back. But I also had the prior engagement. If you listen to last week's episode, the Dead Dead's concert was that same night. And as much as I wish they had just been on the Riot Fest lineup, because I actually think they would have been perfect there, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't. But I had both intended to go see them because I really wanted to, to see them live and also mentioned in our interview that I would see them. <laughs> and so I kind of had my word to keep. 
And so for both of those reasons, I bounced and I didn't end up coming back, which I don't regret because that was a great show. And because I was already dead tired after just three hours in the sun, as as novel as it would have been to see Anthrax and Devo and the Flaming Lips, I didn't care that much. I wasn't going to hang around for another couple hours just to say that I saw Whip It live. Um, (laughs) However, what I missed and what was going on at the same time as that Dead Dead concert was a dueling main event cap of Riot Fest featuring Slipknot and one Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) Now, it's noteworthy that Slipknot actually stepped in at the last minute uh, because Nine Inch Nails had canceled their shows. They were originally going to be the the closer for riot slipknot steps in these two bands are performing on different stages on i believe identical time slots so they really the the promoters of the festival really kind of knew their audience they're like we know if you're at this place you probably have a pretty clear preference between these two bands these two artists and i'm as far as i understand both of them had you know great turnout and good sets however uh mgk decided to take a couple of pot shots at Slipknot during the set. And thus far on the internets, that has not gone well for him. It it, it never does. It it never does. He he always seems to be a pompous asshole. At least comes off as one and it never works out in his favor. And it sounds like he was trying to, I guess, make himself feel better for uh, not having ever like, I don't know. Cause it, I don't know. You want to say what he said? Yeah. What basically what happened was at a couple different points, you know, to paraphrase a couple different points during the show, he just kind of randomly made mention of, you know, what? I'm glad I'm not a 50 year old man wearing a like a goofy mask on stage, just like unprompted, like nobody yeah. solicited that from him. And then he followed one of those up by saying, so what's everybody's favorite candy? Is it Reese's Pieces? I'm like, okay. Oh, that are you okay like (laughs) why is your brain doing that right now anyway so that's what he said i mean keep in mind these concerts are happening the same time like it only came out afterwards it's not like it's not like slipknot could hear him saying talking trash from his (laughs) set or anything oh that'd be hilarious if they just stopped like hold on (laughs) did machine gun kelly just talk some crap (laughs) okay so for one this is the same dude that that went after eminem and you don't right. go after no. eminem like you're you're going to get put in your fucking place if you go after eminem like that's just he's a moron like that <laughs> he's like that's all there is to it like he he's a decent artist i'll give him that i actually thoroughly enjoyed his album his punk album but like yeah, he's same. a moron he's just a fucking moron and so because uh, yeah what he exactly said was he basically asked the crew to turn the light on the crowd and then he said let me see who chose to be here instead of with all the old dudes with masks. And then later in the set, he said that you want to know what I'm really happy. I'm not doing being 50 year old and wearing a fucking weird mask on a fucking stage. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, and I watched the video of those. If you, if I needed to see the video because taken, it could have been a playful comment, right? You have to understand, you have to hear how somebody says something because he could have just been kidding around for all we know, they're best friends or something. Not seeming really to be the case. When you hear how he says it, he sounds like a tool. And um, the backlash and and uh, our good friend CMFT's response uh, (laughs) definitely he was very professional in his response, but it definitely did not imply that they were buddies or that he took that as a joke. Well, apparently, I, I guess so. Th- this s- might somewhat stem from uh, a comment that Corey Taylor made on a podcast last year right. regarding Machine Gun Kelly, just stating that the artist who failed in one genre and decided to go rock, and I think he knows who he is. And so he yeah. basically said that he's a failed rapper, which he is, and he, he went to <laughs> punk. <laughs> he's yeah. a failed rapper because he challenged Eminem like a moron. There's a there's a, a comment on here that I, I read and it's hilarious. It says, Machine Gun Kelly doesn't understand the music industry at all. If you want to boost album sales as a rapper, start a rap beef, but not with Eminem. He ruins careers. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts a rap beef with Eminem and fails as a rapper. And so now he's he's starting a beef with Corey Taylor, who's I mean, you know, after 20 years and we just talked about him in an interview, like literally he he is very, very well respected in the rock 
industry. Like he he's come Music up several industry. times. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He has come up several times as just being a generally nice guy and just a fantastic artist. And Machine Gun Kelly doesn't have that rep. So everybody's going to take a side on this. Right. And apparently everybody is doing that via Twitter. The, the, the feud has now continued on to Twitter. Twitter is where all feuds continue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so now it's warped into something else because now apparently they started like tweeting about how Corey Taylor was supposed to appear on the Machine Gun Kelly album, but because they wanted to rewrite Corey Taylor's part, Corey's like, no, I don't want to be on this. And then now MGK is like, no, your part sucked. We had to rewrite yeah, right. it. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I, I've been reading up on this. Not that I usually follow like music drama, but this was <laughs> funny to me. It's hilarious. Um, it is hilarious. It's hilarious because MGK is a moron. <laughs> if, if, if you read it, it does make sense to an extent from MGK's sense, but it still feels like he's both immature and the guy trying to save face. But so what, what happened was for Tickets to My Downfall, the, the punk album that, that MGK put out, it was produced by Travis Barker, who does everything all day. <laughs> <laughs> they had They had sort of commissioned Corey Taylor to have a part on that, to which... Machine Gun says, how am I the bad guy whenever all I did was respond to what Corey originally said? And then Corey Taylor sends out a tweet that has screenshots of emails from Travis Barker that include notes from Machine Gun Kelly on, I guess, whatever the verse was that Corey had sent him to use. And it's a bunch of it's a bunch of very praising things saying, man, tell him he really killed it. I'm so honored that he's been part of this. And then it's a few notes on like some suggestions on how they could finish that verse. Right. So in, in the email, it looks very positive. MGK's uh, comments. And basically Corey responded back saying, you know what? I just don't think I'm the right guy for this. You know, I don't wish him anything bad, but I think he should find somebody that fits what he's looking for better to which MGK now then comes out and says, no, I was trying to be respectful and say that your verse sucked. And that's why we needed to redo it. So you could, in terms of like the facts, you could take whoever side you want on that. I'm pretty sure we all know who the itch is going to side with. But <laughs> um, but if you read the emails, I could see where MGK might not be lying, but he is being a little disingenuous like yeah. about it. And Corey's just like, this is immature. Here's some screenshots to prove I backed out of this track with this guy. Now, to, to be on the flip side of this, I will say that Machine Gun Kelly did finish that tweet with, but let's do a Britney Spears song cover together. <laughs> so, I mean, he he's trying to be funny about it. I, I yeah. get that. And he also did say at the end of that night, uh, he told his fans um, up on stage, actually, that he had been having a full full moon mood swings that night. So that also could be to blame, too. Just that he was yeah. just feeling rather shitty and decided to pick on Corey Taylor for whatever goddamn reason. Cause he was over on the other side of the, the park. That's yeah. still one of those things where like, okay, that's an explanation. Like people do say stupid things sometimes when you're not feeling well, you're still not going to spare you still not going to spare you, you no. know, the backlash though. No. Like, even if that's true, like I get it, but you know, you're going to get what's coming to you now from Slipknot fans and you know, the public opinion of social media and whatever. I think for us, it's mostly just fun. I don't really care. I think all, all yeah. these beefs are kind of dumb and it'll pass over in like two days. Because they'll start a beef with somebody else. Right. <laughs> Possibly. But <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, it'll it'll already be all done and forgotten and they'll be working on their collaboration again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're playing. We're best friends. Oops, I did it again. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's MGK's. He's going to start singing that to him. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can I just sidetrack here? Can you imagine Slipknot doing a cover of Toxic? Oh, good lord. <laughs> we don't even need MGK. Just give me that, though. Also, yeah. I want to note Corey Taylor would have sounded out of place on <laughs> Tickets to My Downfall. That sentence alone says it. We didn't even need an MGK. No, we don't. We, we don't, don't need, need him. him. <laughs> this is no. a general sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't need him. You're can, right. Can I make one more note? Um, And you know what? I'm going to tweet this later. <laughs> before this episode comes out uh so you know you know you know who Corey taylor said no to is is mgk you know who Corey taylor said yes to the freaking dead deads <laughs> yep. because they're cool and he likes them <laughs> yeah. so lesson be cool to Corey taylor and he will try and he will work with you <laughs> so what is that go to prove the dead deads are cooler than fucking mgk so fuck you mgk <laughs> <laughs> 
He went all the way there. I was just going to leave some implications out there. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't see any of that nonsense go down because I was already gone enjoying another great show. But I'm glad that it happened so we could talk about it because it was just a few hours later after I left Riot Fest on Sunday night. (laughs) I just have to say that one thing I, I did love about going back, it was just people watching just seeing crowds again like that's probably some of my favorite things and just the funny shit people say like you know we're sitting there watching grandson and somebody in the crowd just sits and screams that's my grandson (laughs) (laughs) what if it was grandson's actual grandma that would have been the best thing ever yeah Yeah, it sounded like a dude so i don't think so but grandfather yeah whatever but yeah it was was just it was just fun being back around people and and seeing you know the, the, the but not too close concerts yeah not too close <laughs> six feet just being back around people within six feet of me <laughs> yeah I mean here's to more of that happening yeah I, I I'm definitely ready uh, excited I got a couple more concerts on the horizon for myself one in December uh, with Evanescence and Hailstorm and then I got shiprocked in January so. So let us know if you're going to be at some concerts anytime soon. Let us know what you're excited for. I hope you're as excited as we are, or I hope that you got to go to a concert after all this time. Uh, we definitely want to hear your feedback. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, go out, enjoy some concerts, and rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation including the episode's playlist and you can interact with us on twitter facebook or through gmail and itchrocks.com all at itchrocks i-t-c-h-r-o-c-k-s